Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today, we're playing a couple games. We played a couple games, I should say, of a game I think Darren didn't really want to play. You seem very, very hesitant. <laughs> Was I right in sensing that? Uh, you might be, yeah. <laughs> so, the somewhat racy game, the somewhat racy title of Neighbors from Hell. That's what we're talking about today. It is $10 at base. You get both games. It is developed by Joe Wood Vienna and published by THQ Nordic. Recent Steam reviews, very positive, but it's only 12. I mean, it's a pretty old game, right? So it doesn't get a lot of review love, but overall, it's overwhelmingly positive. 1,233 reviews, and you're still dragging your feet on it. So why didn't you want to play this game? That has always made me very curious because I keep thinking this is a game you'll enjoy, but... Do you not remember us playing the Sexy Brutal Man? Yeah, but this is not the same game. It's very similar. Uh, it's it's like this whole rooms and spy versus spy kind of tip pick up item and c click around blindly and try and using it in some place. See, I don't think you have to click around blindly for the most part, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like a mobile port, man. It looks like a mobile game that was ported to PC. I don't think it's a mobile game. I think it's older than that. Oh, it's it's definitely it's definitely older than that. Uh, it's not that old though. It's only I think it was two thousand two thousand three to two thousand four, something like that. Actually, I I downloaded this for the phone because I didn't like the interface on the actual PC. You liked it better on the phone. Even well, when I played it on the PC, I was like scrolling around, moving and stuff. For me, it doesn't work well on PC. And even as I was playing it, I was like, this would be a really good game on mobile. And so I went onto the Play Store, and oh, lo and behold, there it is. So I actually played the first few levels on mobile, but then it's like, oh, if you want to play the rest of the levels, it's $5. I'm like, well, I've already got it, and I don't want to pay 5 bucks for this again. So I had to play them all again on the PC to get through it. But yeah, so it's... um. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a mobile. I thought it was a mobile port when I first played it. It might be. I don't know. I haven't looked it, into it, the history. It's, it's not. It's not. Okay. The look of this game is very similar to. I mean, it almost looks like stop motion claymation kind of thing, right? It's has that feel to it. I got that as well. I I put that down as a positive. I was like, to me, I, I don't know why, but it re reminded me of like the animation of like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, exactly. And that's again why I thought you would actually like this game. Yeah. And I thought the sense of humor of a lot of this game would appeal to you. What? What kind of a psychopath do you think I am, man? This guy's an absolute asshole. <laughs> I hate this guy, man. I hate this guy. This this guy is a he's he, there's something wrong with this person. He should be locked up, put in jail. Like I don't like this character, man. I don't like this character. <laughs> we'll get into that. It's basically a game where you prank and torture your neighbor. In reality show style, even with laugh tracks and uh, audience reactions of other kinds, you can strive for top scores to earn in-game trophies, but that's about it. I find it funny. I find it like old school cartoon funny. It is a bit of a puzzle. It's a lot of simple point and click. In the first one, there's a time limit. In the second one, it's more a life limit. And... You basically just try to prank as much as possible. Like you said, very much a spy versus spy type of game. You need to do everything without being caught or you're you're going to be punished. So 
clearly, I recommend this game. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's very crude humor. I will give you that. But I think both this game and its sequel are worth playing. I think on Steam, you basically have to buy them together as a $10 bundle. But get it on sale. Do you know there's like seven parts to it as well? I mean, there's five more after the first two I've played. Yeah. They, no, I've only played the first two. Some Russian development team like took it over and they look they look better a little bit, but they just, uh, from the reviews I've read, they just get worse and worse. People that were into like the first two games are like, nah, this is rubbish. <laughs> it's it's uh Well, I have not played those. I can't recommend beyond the first two. I think the first two are probably worth playing, though, if you like this style of game. If you like the Sexy Brutal, I, I got a definite vibe of that off of this. Well, like the Spy vs. Spy games, like the old school Spy vs. Spy. It's a lot like that. Yeah, I can definitely see you playing this if you like those games. If you ever wanted to feel like Kevin from Home Alone, <laughs> this is probably your <laughs> best your best game I ever. Wrote that, I wrote that exact thing down. It's like, it's like a Home Alone if Kevin was a home invader. Like, Kevin got really off on torturing Marv and Harry, but then one day when they were locked up, he started getting bored and he decided to pick on an older, fatter guy. And like, yeah, it's... <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote down, man. Yeah. I will say this. I do think that they should have done a much better job with the neighbor making him look like a bad guy before you ever start. Yeah, that's one of my major problems with this, man. They I really should have made it look like he was torturing Woody like as they grew up or he was just constantly doing bad things and this is Woody getting his revenge. Because, yeah, otherwise, you're right. He does just seem unwarranted. It's all just for this kind of prank TV show. Yeah, it's like, I suppose it's kind of like the whole Jackass thing. I like the old Jackass stuff, like when they were doing stuff to themselves. But I didn't like when Bam was, like, setting fireworks off in his parents' bedroom when they were sleeping at 4 a.m. And I didn't like I didn't like when they were messing with other people. And I role-play a lot of games. I, I get, like, seriously immersed in games. And I don't like being the bad guy. Like, I can't nuke Megaton. I can't play Postal. I couldn't even kill Cicero in Skyrim, man. So it's like, I don't I don't like being that character. Cicero, the uh, the Dark Brotherhood jester guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, even after all that he did, I still could bring myself to murder him. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to be this this character. That it really put me off. But anyway, let's let's get into it. Let's just... Uh... All right, so let's really get into the game. There'll be, as we've done before, double spoiler warnings. So... The first one is for Neighbors from Hell 1. That's what we're going to talk about now. You're now in the spoiler section. We're going to talk about this amazing game <laughs> called Neighbors from Hell. Introduction. Super easy level. You just learn how to move Woody around in episode 1. Episode 2 is some basic tricks and interactions. And this is where I really think this game excels. It's kind of a masterpiece of low-budget indie style, but it levels up the information and the stuff that you can do pretty well. There are also a couple really good mechanics that they have that are both in the first one and the second one, which is if you want a hint, you basically move the mouse around and there are eyes over anything that will give you a hint, and it also knows that that might be something you can interact with. And a hand basically says that you can literally do something with it, or you can take it. And that really is what helps me get through this game. I think if I was just guessing at random and trying to click everything, it would be 
absolutely irritating. But they've highlighted everything that you need to know. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But for me, this game was just tedious, man. Because it was like, it's the same thing over and over again from the very get-go. It's pick up item. I mean, and I suppose that's it's, it's the same with a lot of games. Especially things like the old kind of point-and-click, like Broken Sword games. Is take item, like, oh, okay, how the hell am I supposed to use this? Combine it with everything in your, in your inventory. Use it on every single environmental thing that you can interact with. And I was like, yeah, that was good in 1998. But this game just isn't something I wanted to play in the 21st century. See, I feel totally different. I feel like this game a lot of times has a at least cartoon logic to it. You know that, for example, later on in the game when you can get into the basement, you find a wire and he talks about the puddle on the floor and how that doesn't look safe. It's pretty much one plus one equals two for me at that point. I will say there are a few throughout the series, these first two, that did give me a little bit of trouble, but overall I felt most of it was fairly logical. I think a lot of what I really appreciate about this game from a development standpoint is how they use the same assets but they will use them in different ways they've also taken this especially in this first one where it is the same thing over and over again and i'll i'll give you that it does get a bit boring like it's the house but the house does get bigger and bigger and the house (laughs) weirdly changes shape a lot of times right yeah (laughs) but that always makes it just a little bit interesting. So they're taking this very, very basic concept and making a whole lot of levels in a simple and probably much cheaper fashion than most developers would even consider doing. And so I I think it's worth playing if you're interested in game development for that side of things. Yeah, I mean, when you start off, it's just four rooms, I think. And then there's like the, the locked doors everywhere. Like, oh, what are they, what do those lead to? Like, yeah, as you progress, you, you open up other parts of the house. How far did you get? Did I finished the first finishing? one. Okay. Yeah, so I finished the first one, and yeah, man, that end screen, right? The end screen? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. It's very old school Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> you get a slight cutscene at the end of the second one, but it doesn't really make the whole game worth playing. If, if you're in it for a beautiful cutscene at the end, yeah, this game is going to disappoint. <laughs> you're, out, you're out of luck, yeah. Yeah, I didn't finish the second one, but I, I watched the playthrough of it. Um, okay. And, yeah, so I saw the ending of the second one. Um, there are a lot of different things that you can do that happen in this game. Were there any that you actually liked? Um, That's a good question. <laughs> Let me start, while you're looking through your notes, let me start with, there were a few that were obviously kind of adventure game and kind of dumb. Which ones? So there's one where kids kick a soccer ball through the kitchen window, and you have to replace it with a bowling ball, and the bowling ball conveniently looks like a soccer ball. I like that bit, because it totally reminded me of Stripes for some reason, like, you know, they're playing basketball, and he throws it out the window, and it's like... Hey, toss that thing back up here and they, they smash it through the other, the other window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why does it look like a... Why does the bowling ball look like a football? Like, I've never that. seen that before. And that that just has to be there so that it makes sense for this game. Yeah. The egg in the microwave, that one, honestly, even the first time through, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with the egg. I kept on trying to put it under the chair. Like, it'll sit on it and it'll be rotten smell. There are a million ways I think you could use an egg that would be more interesting than just make a mess inside the microwave. Yeah. And they hit that one a bit too much. 
Yeah. Every time you find the eggs, like, <laughs> that's going in the microwave. <laughs> Whereas with other things like the marker, at least when it is used on the picture, it makes different designs. The electricity one as well, I think, in the basement is a bit. I think, much. well, I mean, and I'll, I'll give them, I mean. Because, I can... because they're doing it again and again. Whereas other things they don't. So when they do this one that's over and over again, it's kind of like, well, why do you feel the need to do that one? You couldn't fit it in somewhere else? I think in, in a sense as well, it's like, I don't really mind the repetition because a lot of those kind of things are mechanics to slow the guy down so that while you're while he's being electrocuted, you can be off doing other things. One cool thing that I do like about this game is that you find out the answers to the puzzles. Like, okay, so if I put the mouse trap in the letterbox, it'll snap on his fingers, and then if I which, by the way, from that point on, it's locked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then if I put if I like draw over the portrait with the marker pen, and you kind of chain these things together, and then the more that you can manage to chain together, that was the most interesting part of this game. Was like, how many of these can I chain together? Right, and it's that timing thing. For some reason, this mechanic, this style of game, works for me. It worked in Sexy Brutal, and it works here. There's something about, I need to figure out the time. People are doing the same thing over and over again. I need to figure out the best combination to make this work. And it scratches some sort of itch in something I want for you some reason. You like those, that kind of stuff, man. It's like... Even, Apparently, but I don't like stealth games, so I don't know why this kind of game seems to work. Because like, even back when we were playing like Tales Principle, even with like the whole time loop thing, like I hated those levels, but those were your jam, man. You were like, man, I've got this, Darren. Because I was like, Justin, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing here. You're like, eh, here it is. <laughs> you know, you, you like this kind of time-based puzzle solving, and I just it just doesn't work with me, man. I don't know why. The game gets more difficult as you go on. There are more and more tricks. There are things like pets where you have to sneak past to be able to get through without alerting the neighbor. However, I think it's the last level or very close to the end where you get the dog whistle. Did you get to that point? Yeah. And that's just excellent because then you can just send the neighbor away at any given time. I wanted the dog whistle the whole game. Sadly, you will never see anything like that again, even in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that there's a slight progression of story where, for example, the neighbor has a tiny pig that he's raising and then he's eating a massive pile of pork in the next one. Yeah. And did you read in the level description? Did you read that stuff before you went in? Maybe not. No. Well, um, I probably did for some of them, but not for all of them. I think that's where you start to get somewhat of a sense of why the neighbor is a bad guy, but even that is is pretty weak. Oh, he eats yes. meat. What a what a what a what a. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, it's like you know this guy, man. There's one part in the whole game where I was like, all right, where he's like using the binoculars to like be kind of a lech on the on the girl next door. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so you super glue his eyes to the the binoculars kind of thing, but like even that, it's like. This poor guy, man, he's just he's just minding his own business, you know? He's like, he's this poor, single, unmarried, overweight guy. You know, he can't even celebrate his birthday on his own. This, this sociopath is breaking into his house and, like, breaking off all of his fingers and, uh, you know, setting bombs off and just, like, totally messing with... This guy should be in jail, you know? Like, well, in real life, he probably would be. Like, you know, this guy, like, oh, I'll go and take care of myself in the bathroom. He's like, nah, nah, nah let's, let's super glue his face, so, like, Hey, I've got this great idea. Let's kill all of this fish. You know, that'll be hilarious. You know, like this guy. No, 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 no. Now, I will stop you there. You cannot hurt any animal. The fish? 
Really? Well, you give them steroids, in which case they get giant. Soap? You replace the fish food with soap flakes? True, but does that kill them? Well, they fall out of the tank, so... yeah, they. they alright, alright, I'll give you that. He, you can't hurt the, the parrot and the dog. You can't dog, hurt the parrot and the dog. Yeah. Um, which, or even the pig. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, this guy's, this guy's a maniac, man. He's like the American psycho. <laughs> As you go further in the game, more and more tricks become available. More and more tricks need to be done in order to pass to the next level. And the time goes up, which... I appreciate, but at the same time, when you get to the final levels, it starts to feel really long. And that's yeah. fine. I'm glad it didn't go any further than it did, but I can certainly understand the end game starting to feel a bit long. What I think might have worked slightly better is to have the last level be tricky in timing, but not tricky in all new stuff again. Right. But I could be wrong. That may be one of those times where I think I know what I want, and then if I actually had it, I would go, no, that's terrible. Why did they waste my time with a bunch of the same stuff I've already done? But it does mean that last level is hard. When I fired up the game again, it automatically was set to the last level. Uh, I jumped (laughs) in the last level and realized, oh, this is way too hard to jump back in. I haven't played this game in probably a year. That's way too much for me to jump back into. So I went back to the beginning again. There are a few things in the options to be aware of if you're having any difficulties. One is that the action will stop if you get the camera to go to the neighbor when he's being pranked, when he's being kind of tortured. But you can turn that off if that gets really irritating. Another thing is you can turn the music down because I don't know about you, but the music on mine was really, really loud. Right. I had to make sure to turn that down. But yeah, I I mean, I wrote a ton of notes about everything that happened, but I don't think that's really necessary. The game progresses. There are some funny bits. I think it's more funny the fact that the neighbor does this routine all the time. So, for example, with the art one, he's going from his studio where he's in the kitchen, I think, making a statue using maybe not a statue, he's like throwing clay I guess in that one. The statue's in like his living room, he's painting upstairs, but he only ever does a tiny little bit on everything every time. Or He's got some serious attention kind of uh, problems. The birthday one he's blowing out the candle over and over again. How sad does that (laughs) seem? So it's a little bit ridiculous that he's going through this routine over and over again, but it works for the game. I can understand him checking the mail every every five minutes to see if you got got a present or something like that. I I don't want to belabor it too much. I like this game. It is a bit repetitious, but I think from the development side, that's very interesting how they took this tiny area and made it work for, I think, about 14 levels. Yeah, man, there's probably something like that. there's, There's a lot of levels. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I'm on the obviously on the other side of the fence. I, I just wrote down here at the end of my notes. It's like, the game is super tedious. Uh, if this was a buyer's remorse, man, I would be flat out remorse. I think for me, like at best, this is like a 1990s game for me. Like, a, a 1990s Amiga game. It's got really no place as a 21st century puzzle game for me. Like you said, it's like, they've worked out this really interesting way to deal with such a small area. But that's what game developers have been doing in the 80s and 90s like you've got limited resources you've got limited memory so you you mine this small area for as much quality as you can get 
for a game, even even though it is still pretty old by today's standard, if you look at the other the other games that were made in two thousand three, it's like wow, this this is uh, yeah. But you can't compare this to like a triple A game though. What no, are you comparing no, I, it to? I'm going. I'm comparing it to a nineteen eighties Commodore game. You know, it's like it's no, no, no. These games that you say are so much better in that time. Um, well, yeah. There's there's maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's unfair. Yeah, but. It just didn't feel like, like I said, it doesn't feel like a 21st century game to me, man. It's like something from the 80s or 90s. Like, I would have probably played this as a kid and been like, yep, this is fun. But playing this in 2000, like when we're recording this in 2019, it's like, yeah, I missed the boat in this one, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe that's part of why I like it. Maybe it triggers that nostalgia factor for me. When I read the reviews, it's like, oh, I played this so much when I was a kid. And like, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia reviews of this game. And yeah, I'd never heard of this. I'd never heard of this game ever. So yeah, I've obviously missed, I'm obviously missing out on something. But yeah, just tedious, repetitive. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. And then, so yeah, you can imagine my, my glee when I had to boot up part two. Yes, so let's get into <laughs> the spoiler section for Neighbors from Hell 2. Okay. On vacation. <laughs> so we're finally out of the house, and instead of percentage, which was really weird in the first one, I could often get 94 to 97%, but getting that 100%, it just seemed really impossible. If I did get it, it was by luck. I didn't know what was different between the time I did it at 97 and the time I got it at 100. This one, they've improved that. They've given you coins. And lives. Yes. So instead of really being worried about time, you're just worried about lives. And the longer you're playing, the more likely you're going to be caught. Yeah, I thought the second part was mechanically better, for sure. I, I wasn't a fan of like the timer in the first one. Because things take time to play out, even like the animations and stuff. You're like, all right, come on, let's let's get moving. But yeah, Woody, stop doing your finger guns. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and the second one, I like the animation as well. Again, it was even more so Wallace Gromit style. Like, like the the female in it is just like she's just so over exaggerated. Yeah. Um, but I like that. It was pretty funny. Uh, she's well done, uh, and so was he. And yeah, the, the fact that you've got lives and you can make mistakes that was that that was a lot better for me. Their clothes have changed. Woody's got on like a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. But the neighbor is still wearing those pink slippers from yeah. game one. <laughs> he wears them everywhere. This is lucky slippers, man. Well, obviously not that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got 14 levels. Some of them are very similar. So we have you know, the cruise ship levels. We've got your beach levels. There are a lot of similarities, but they've done a lot more different stuff with backgrounds. And each level, you don't see a lot of the same trick over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I should have played the second one first, to be honest, I think. Do you think so? Because I feel like if you played the second one and it was so much variety and then you got stuck in the house, you would just be bored. Well, that. well, that's the thing. It's like I got I got bored in the house and then I didn't want to play the second one. So I played about an hour of the second one. It's like, nah, I'm tired. I'm tired out, man. I was just like, I was worn to death. I think if I started with the second one and then played the first one, it might have been the same, but I might have had a different... I might have come away with a different feeling about the game, you know? I might have said, oh yeah, that was a really good game. But the the original, I didn't care for that too much. But now it's like, I just hate the whole thing. I, I, I like the fact there's no doors in this one. Like, it's more open and... There's still it's all, it's all hiding. It's all in China. No, no. I think China's the first one and then India and then... Oh, they're like on a world cruise then? Yeah, I think 
The last one is in Mexico, I think. Ah, okay. You were talking about mechanics earlier. One mechanic, honestly, I'd rather they would have skipped was this moving the mouse around on certain tasks. Yeah, yeah. So basically, because you watched it instead of playing it. Like when you're lockpicking stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, except... Say, for example, if I played on console, I would be getting some sort of vibration feedback to help. I would also... I don't know. The way it works is there's a center, and you have to move the object towards the center while it's constantly moving away. But it moves away at random, so you never know when it's going to switch. And when it switches, like if you're too far away, it will take some of your progress away. Yeah. And like you are saying before, timing is so important. That makes it really, really difficult. There are a few, not all of them, there are some where it doesn't matter that much, but especially towards the end game, there are a few that are just really, really difficult to get in, especially considering you have such little time. Yeah. yeah. There's one level where the neighbor's mother walks, basically she just has two areas that she goes to. It's the area you have to do one of these tasks in and another one. And so you have to get there almost immediately after she leaves. And if you mess up at all, you have to hide or run away and come back again. That part was not fun for me. Did you ever play um, Lucius? The kind of game where you're Damien from The Omen? No, I think it's in my library, but I don't think I've touched it yet. This is a game that's really similar to this game. And for me, it works pretty well. I think you'd like that game, to be honest. If you like this game, or if anyone listening likes this game, have a go at Lucius, because Lucius is like, yeah, you're like basically the devil baby, and you go around the house, and basically you have to kill off the nanny, the, the uncle, and so you set up traps for them, so it's like, you, again, you see these routines where it's like the uncle keeps on lighting his cigarette off of the stove from the oven, so you turn the oven on, and so when he goes to the oven and lights his cigarette, he, he blows up. I think you'd really get a kick out of Lucius, man, because it's very similar to this, but it's more bully-style, third-person, over-the-shoulder, and, you know, you are evil. You're the son of Satan, or something like that, anyway. And that makes it acceptable. That makes it more acceptable to me, yeah. Well, what it could be. (laughs) I think he is, man. (laughs) What what was I right down here? Yeah, Neighbors from Hell 2, American Psycho goes on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, shout-out for Lucius there. Pretty, uh... Buggy. And not, it's not a perfect game by any means, but I, I definitely would recommend that to you off the back of this. For this game, if you get all the coins and you set off the neighbor consecutively, you're sort of rewarded with the siren sound and also a slight animation, but it's kind of not really that worth it. It's just like the neighbor hitting himself. His face turns red. Yeah, so you, you get like an Oscar trophy kind of thing? Yeah. Which is okay if you're into that kind of thing, if you're a completionist type of person. But the animation itself, I think, one, he hits himself in the face, and one, he eats his shoe. It's just (laughs) not really worth it. I'm all about getting all the coins, but trying to get the timing. There are a few where the timing is just so tricky. Here's the thing. I'm to an age where if it stops being fun, I want to stop doing it. and. There are just times where the timing makes it so tricky that it's not fun to do to try to get to this 100%. I don't think there's any Steam achievement for it. There's not. In fact, Steam, I mean, it works well, but you can't really chat with the game open. I had to window out to chat with you the other night and then Uh, jump back into the game. So it's good, but it's not ideal in that sense. 
not a big deal, especially for a game this old. But I just found I didn't care about the trophies. I did early on playing this time because what I did is I reset the whole thing so I could start over. Can you reset it? Yeah, that's oh, okay. another thing you can do in the options is you can reset all the levels. So I like that. You can start it. That's a good over. kind of option. I did that so I could start over, but then yeah, I realized oh wow, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember how to do, and the timing is really tricky. And it just got to the point where, especially right towards the end of this one, I think as well, because I've been playing so much of the first one and trying to get the golden seasons on the first one, that by the time I got to this one, I was just kind of done with it. Okay, let me just move on. What did you notice as you're watching? Did you notice anything that particularly stuck out to you that was funny, that was interesting? Uh, like I said, I'll, in the second one, I liked the the set animations. I liked how... It wasn't just all set in the same house. So, I mean, like, if I was into that game from the start and I wanted, like, oh, like, I liked, I liked number one, but what I really wanted is more variety. Like, this game's got, like, different locations. Yeah, sure, in the first one they add new rooms and stuff, but in the second one they've got completely different animations and everything looks kind of different. Same music from the first one, which <laughs> got muted. The, yeah, I think the variation of this one was better and, like, the, the different things that you could do, like, even simple things, even from what I played from the the opening kind of levels, the kid that's playing with like the submarine, and you like put the shark fin on it and stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that feels intuitive, and I like that about games where they make you feel smart. You see something, and you you got like a ninety percent chance like this will work, so you go and do it, and it works. And like, yeah, get the crab out of the hole, like that goes in the cool box. Like, yeah, you you kind of know instinctively where things go. That's good. So I think this the second part had more of a. I don't know, a grasp on that kind of stuff. Like, Whereas in the first one, it seemed to be a lot of repetition. Like, okay, the egg goes in the microwave. But in this one, you only got to see things once, and then they were done. Mm, that's good. There were some times where you got to reuse similar backgrounds. So there was an elephant in two different levels, but in one, you get him to blow water at the neighbor because the neighbor is annoying him with his glass or something. And then another one, the neighbor is purposely putting the dog down to annoy the elephant. And so you give the elephant a cricket bat in which it just kind of <laughs> bounces the dog to annoy it. I like that. There are also times where you have to actually reuse assets. So they're somewhat unlimited. You've got things like sea urchins where you use them more than one time in the same level. So the soap, you can, you can keep on going to the trunk and taking it out and using it again and again. So that is great. Again, it's using one asset it makes sense within the purview of the story and what's going on in the level but there are times where you can only have one at a time right and there are just so many times where it'd be like well if i could just grab two now and not have to worry about it later that would be fantastic there's a particular one where you have to grab a mouse two times right and you have to do the stupid well what i think is the stupid mechanic of having to work it out that moving the mouse around to try and always keep it in the center yeah and you have to do that twice and there's a great point towards the beginning of that level where you would have time to do that twice but no you have to do it use one mouse and then come back again and it would just be much better for me if you could actually grab two at a time pile mouses yeah mouses did i just say mouses you did maybe they did that so you wouldn't stockpile 12 of them. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you can use two, it would have been nice if they had allowed you to grab two. Right, yeah. So when, okay, here's here's a question for you. When did you 
played this game. I think I played it last year for the first time. Ah, okay. So when I say hitting nostalgia factor, it's not for this not for game you. in particular. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it's just for this kind of old school Looney Tunes-ish mm. level of humor, I guess, that I don't feel I get a lot of now. Maybe that's what I'm nostalgic for. Right. But also, I think this animation style, we don't see as much of this style anymore. Yeah, yeah. The animation style is definitely a big plus for this game, for sure. It's, it, I don't know if pretty is the right word for it, but it's, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's unique. It's, it's it's good to look at. It's kind of rich, you know, it's like, it's colorful and it, it's pretty well done. What I will say about the sequel, Neighbors from Hell 2, is it leads up to a final level. And the final level is very much an adventure game level in which you have to do one thing in order to get another thing in order to Uh, get another thing. And that to me felt like a very good conclusion. So maybe when I'm talking about the end of the first one, feeling like it wasn't quite complete, maybe this is what I was looking for. Something that feels like it ties it all together or is a little bit different, something special at the end instead of just more of the same. And yeah, you have to use very odd adventure game logic in this one in some ways where you have to put a fish in a flower pot so that when the neighbor shows it to Olga and she smells it she feels dirty and has to take a shower and throws out a bucket and a towel for you to use okay in other ways you find ammunition that you put in a flare gun okay which yes i guess you would but i don't know when i looked at it they look like shotgun shells and i'm like i don't think that's quite right but i don't know for sure there's a lot of adventure game logic in the last level but this needing one thing to get another it culminated in the end and it culminated in the end of the story where you do get this tiny cutscene of they sink the boat don't they yes (laughs) and how does the boat sink because it runs into an iceberg oh okay so titanic basically the end of the level leaves you in the captain's position you unlock the wheel, you, well, you put the captain to sleep, and the neighbor shows up and just starts steering it, and the steering wheel comes off. <laughs> so they end up, yes, crashing into an iceberg. The neighbor is rowing away with his mother yelling at him the whole time, and Woody has just tied kind of an inner tube onto the back, which, of course, if there's icebergs, I don't think he's going to survive very long yeah. as such, but... He seems pretty happy about it. Because he's a psycho. (laughs) Ah, so is that his mother? I thought it was like a woman he was trying to... Well, they're two different women. Oh, they're two different women in the game. Ah, okay. But both of them beat him up. (laughs) So, for example, early on, you replace the ping pong ball with an egg, which hits Olga, the girl he's interested in, or the woman he's interested in, in the face. And she gets angry as she beats him up. Yeah. Later on, the mother appears. She's wearing like a pink swimsuit, but her face is almost identical to the neighbor. Okay. And you have to avoid her as well. So there's a lot of times where she's sleeping and you have to sneak past her while she's sleeping. And it's not really sneaking like in the first one where you really have to sneak and go very slowly. You just have to walk past them while they're sleeping, which I think is a little bit better. Right. When you've got time issues, having to sneak and go super slow was an issue in some of the first game. Right, yeah. That's kind of a... A problem with the second one is there is no time issue. So why are you slowing us down with like these mini game lock picking mechanics and stuff like that? With the part with the the lizard, it's just timing about 
not getting caught. Not getting caught. Yeah. These three lives that you have. Yeah. But yeah, the but the mother also will attack the neighbor if he does something that she doesn't like. So apparently he wants somebody just like his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what more I can say. I mean, I would love to go into the puzzles and the stuff that made me laugh. The carnivorous plant that you feed one chicken drumstick to, it gets bigger for no apparent reason. <laughs> and you put a piranha skull inside of it so that when it snaps at the neighbor, it hurts. There's a time where you feed, I think it's in the same level, where you feed the bull some of these flowers. And when the neighbor reaches in for horseshoes, he pulls the tail. And that knocks over the neighbor, but as well the giant wasp hive, I think, so that you can use that to replace the pinata. There's a lot for me that does make me laugh. More just the first time through when I see it, and then when I'm just trying to get the game to work, I'm not laughing anymore. Right. And that might be a bit of an issue, but overall, I played it once, and I enjoyed it, and I kept recommending it to you, and you kept dragging your feet. And then you said, well, you get to pick the next one. So I picked this one. <laughs> and I thought you would like it because I thought that you would like this kind of humor. I mean, in some ways, it reminds me of some other things that we have talked about before, but apparently not good enough. Not, I, not this time, man. I like it. I've played it twice now. Did you like it the second time? I did, yeah. Okay. I do you think it helps that there was a lot of time between? Like, I do think it's probably been a year since I've played right. them. I don't think that I would want to jump back in and play it again now. I'm not dying to play it again now. But I think that there's always something to this style of adventure game, point and click, that, yeah, I do like to play it again. I think partly because the second time through, it feels easier. Right. And you feel smarter. It's like when somebody gives you a riddle, but you've already heard it before. And you feel smart just because you've heard it before and you know the answer. There's something to that. There's something to click and point in general, where you only interact with things that are useful and everything you interact with has a purpose. I do kind of like that. It feels clean in a way, where other games we've talked about, where you have to do resource management, that becomes such an issue and it kind of becomes a little bit stressful. Do I use this now? Do I save it for later? Always save. And there's none of that here. Use everything. Yeah. You've been given exactly as much as you need. Use everything. And there's also, I think, too, this element of completionism. Like, I don't need the 100%, but I do like to know that I figured out every trick. And yeah, I agree with you that perhaps Woody is, well, he's definitely not a nice person. Mm. And the neighbor probably doesn't deserve as much torture as he's getting. Guy's just trying to do yoga, man. But if I take that away from it, I just see a cartoonish, funny thing that I did enjoy. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Next time. All right. I have zero notes, but <laughs> I just played it, so... <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing two games, but they are the same developer, same publisher, uh, even half of the same title. So we're going to be talking today about Subsurface Circular and its sequel, Quarantine Circular. There are some minor puzzles. It's mostly story-driven. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. 
but I'm pretty sure that's not the way he pronounces his name. Yeah, that's not what they call him when he goes to visit the bank manager. <laughs> I think it's pretty easy to for even for me to not spoil quarantine because they're two totally different games anyway. So. Yeah, fair enough. All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.